when I look at it, it's a reminder of me to just, you know, be thankful for what I have now and, and don't get too discouraged. Um, I feel like when I got this tattoo was after I was with the Mystics in 2019 and we had won the championship and it was like, you know, this whole journey of like being cut, not playing the league and now being here and I'm winning the championship. It's like, because I was patient, like I could have gave up. I could have said it's not for me, but like just with every aspect of life, not just on the court, just throughout, you know, everyday life, you just, you know, have to keep reminding yourself that what you want or what's for you will be for you in due time. You know, it might not come when you want it or how you want it, but you know, stay persistent, it's gonna come. Hey, everybody, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark WNBA Edition. Today, our guest is a Massachusetts native, Roxbury's Shay Petty. I just love her story of perseverance and patience. So she was drafted in 2012, but didn't make her WNBA debut until 2019. So we talk about the highs and lows that came in those years in between, ultimately teaching her to embrace the idea that patience is a virtue, something she quite literally carries with her every day. She also talks about this year's Mercury Squad, a mix of old and new, all just ready to get out there and battle for success. It was great to catch up with another Boston girl, so enjoy my chat with Shay Petty. Shay Petty, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here today. I'm excited. Uh, Likewise, likewise. Comeback season for you. This is a big one. Talk to me about how you're feeling right now. I'm feeling really good. You know, I spent the last eight months in Phoenix really working hard, preparing uh, for the season, trying to recover from my Achilles tendon rupture. Um, And it's been good. I have great strides. Obviously, I have good and bad days, but I'm just very excited to get out there and just get to playing again. It's been fun to watch your recovery or what you've shared on social media. Um, and I just, you know, in, in prepping for this kind of went back and to that moment and to see your teammates response, I think was another powerful moment. Um, how have your teammates supported you in the past, um, in the past year in the off season? Oh, they've been a tremendous, uh, support system for me. Um, some of them were here during the off season, but those that weren't like, Everybody's constantly checking in on me, uh, making sure I'm doing well. Uh, and just to see that even though we're all not in season, like everybody still cares about you on and off the court. Like it could have easily been, okay, you got a teammate got injured. We'll see you in, you know, next season. But like they actually took the time out to call me, you know, come visit just to make sure I'm good physically and mentally. And that really means a lot. So talk about that mental rehab too, and that mental kind of bounce back because last season you came in and, and you made an impact fast and and big. Um, and then to have, then when injury hits, how did you mentally, uh, kind of rehab from that moment? Uh, I really think I dug deep into meditation. Um, I downloaded the headspace app and that's been tremendous for me. Um, just giving me a sense of taking my mindset off of the injury and just focus Mm -hmm. on the present moment and, you know, not worry about what happened in the past not looking too far in the future, just pretty staying present. And that's helped a lot because I've had days when, you know, recovery is not going well and you just get frustrated, you know, get defeated. And just taking that time, a little 10 minutes to just sit in yourself and just be with your own thoughts. Um, it's, a pow- it's powerful. Not everybody can do it and be comfortable. And I think I really mastered that aspect and that's helped me a lot. That's amazing. That's amazing. But you're no stranger to kind of the comeback into a relentless attitude. I mean, you were drafted in 2012 and didn't make your W uh, debut until 2019. So talk to me about what those years in between looked like and how 
you kept the dream alive to keep chasing? Uh, it, it was tough. You know, after the second year I got cut, um, I kind of just kind of gave up the thought of playing in the WNBA, even just in basketball in general. I feel like, you know, athletes, when you come out of high school, you have all this hype and even college, like you expect to make a team. And that was the first time in my life that I've ever got cut from a team. So I didn't know how to process that. So I automatically shut down. I was like, forget the league. I'm just focused on overseas, which I did. It benefited me. Um, I was able to grow as a player. I mean, just make changes that I needed to make in order to be a player in a WNBA. And it, it worked out, you know, seven years later, I get another call for contract. Um, and then things just kind of took off from there. And you also did a little bit of coaching in between there. How do you think that the coaching, did the coaching at all help your play? It did because you get kind of a back, um, back behind the scenes inside of what the coaches are looking for in players, mm-hmm. um, not just how they're performing on the court, like those who aren't playing, like how's their attitude on the bench? Are you still a supportive teammate? So I think just hearing everybody's thoughts and what they're looking for in players, I kind of just try to channel that within myself. Okay, it's like, okay, this is what they're looking for. I can do this, 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 and and more. So that really helped me. Has your love of basketball changed at all from when you were growing growing up here in in Roxbury um, through now with all with kind of those highs and lows post college? Uh. Not really. I mean, you know, you always have your moments where you're over basketball or think about Quinn. I just need a break from it. But like the love is is always there. Even from a kid mm-hmm. from Roxbury, like I used to love playing outdoors in the little summer league gyms, you know, BNBL every summer. And just like now being in the pros, it's kind of it's kind of feel like everybody's good. Everybody on every team is competitive, is mm-hmm. skilled. Um, so it's just like a fight every day and it brings out the competitor in you like that dog mentality like when you was playing growing up like when you first started the love for the game and I, I still have that that's just something I don't think would ever go away I love that and that like that makes me think of you know I've read a lot about your your tattoo you say your only tattoo um yeah. patience is a virtue when you look at that like what goes through your mind to know that that you lived that you lived and you were patient and now it's happening for you uh, it just, uh, when I look at it, it's a reminder of me to just, you know, be thankful for what I have now and, and don't get too discouraged. Um, I feel like when I got this tattoo was after I was with the Mystics in 2019 and we had won the championship and it was like, you know, this whole journey of like being cut, not playing the league and now being here and I'm winning the championship. It's like, because I was patient, like I could have gave up. I could have said it's not for me, but like just with every aspect of life, not just on the court, just throughout, you know, everyday life, you just, you know, have to keep reminding yourself that what you want or what's for you will be for you in due time. You know, it might not come when you want it or how you want it, but you know, stay persistent. It's going to come. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited for the season for you guys, because I think, there's so, there's so much good happening for you guys this season. Even just today, you're probably coming off some sort of a high hearing, uh, you know, Brittany, Brittany talk, talk about the kind of the culture of the team right now. We're heading into training camp next week. Um, you guys are, are, you know, already practicing. Talk to me about the, the team dynamic and culture right now. I think everybody's excited. You know, it's a lot of new faces going to be joining this team next year. Um, and we kind of don't know what to expect. And that could be a good or bad thing. But for us, we're looking at it as a positive. Like we have a lot of potential uh, prospects and talent coming in that can possibly join our team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have returners in BGD, Sophie, Breezy. Um, and we're just excited to see like how we all can gel. And like, you know, we have no expectations. Like everybody just here, like BG's home. Like that's what we all wanted. So she's here. So now we can just kind of go into the season and just play and have fun and just shake things up a little bit. You know, we don't have a super team, quote unquote, but we still have some ballers here 
And as long as you got BG and D and uh, 10 other players who actually want to come out here and compete, we're going to be all right. I feel like you're no stranger to the underdog mentality of like, yeah, don't, yeah, count me out, fine. <laughs> yeah, people, do, people do that all the time and somehow I surprise them. Like, you're going to keep counting me out and I'm going to keep showing you why you shouldn't, but it's all good. What's your best advice to rookies coming in or, or to new players to the team, um, you know, to, to vibe with you guys and to gel quick and to come in and make the impact, whether it's, you know, on the court immediately or even just in the practice gym, what's your best piece of advice to them? I would say come in and be yourself. Like you're here for a reason. Like, you know, there's a lot of superstars on this team, but don't come in and shy away from your game. Like do what got you here. Like, you know, it could be probably intimidating playing against Diana and BG and, you know, players might come in feeling like, okay, I don't want to do too much. I don't want to step on nobody's toes, but you need to step on some toes to make a team. So play your game. Like don't back down. We all talk trash. So just be competitors and, and bring it to them. Like we'll respect you more if you, are playing hard and, and being your natural self instead of just being like passive and just like in the corner, not, you know, afraid mm-hmm. to talk, like you got to speak up, got to be mm-hmm. yourself. That's great. That's great. Um, I also want to, I want to bring it back to Boston here. Cause that's, this is where your roots are here. And that's like the first thing. And I know that there's so much more to life than social media, but right when you go to your page, Roxbury roots, yeah. uh, what was your experience like growing up here and how did it help shape who you, who you are today? Um, it was it was great. Like I said, Boston is a, a basketball city. So I feel like I've been surrounded by basketball my entire life. Um, and just like having, you know, I went to a school in Melrose. So I was in the Mecca program. And just having that different exposure from Boston Public, I was exposed to, you know, different cultures, uh, different types of sports programs, like a lot of stuff that I didn't learn or know about in the school system. Like just having that going to Melrose, I think that's just really helped me and just really appreciate where I came from because when you go to Melrose, everybody's like, oh, you're from Boston. Like, you're so cool. But I'm like, Boston's only 20 minutes away. Like, it's not that big of it. I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm from down. You can, you can go there too. <laughs> right, you can go there too. But like, everybody's like, oh, Boston. So I think just going to Melrose and seeing like, all right, like, Boston's a big deal. Like, whether it's in the city, out the state, like, you know, we're a big deal. And I, I take pride. I take pride in being from Roxbury in particular. Absolutely. And so growing up, I'm sure, were you a Celtics fan? Are you a Celtics fan? Oh, of course, I'm a Celtics fan. Yeah. Who did you Who did you watch, and you were like, "You got it." I was a big KG. I, I love when KG came to Celtics. Like, obviously, I, I watched Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker. I was a big fan of Barrows fan, but KG when he came, him and Ray Allen was like, "That's mm-hmm. when, like, ah, this is this <laughs> is the team that we need." And even now, like, I love Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. Um, I think Brogdon is doing an amazing job at six man a year. Uh, so we look good. You think they're gonna pull it off? I do. I I do. I think there can. was some hesitation there, Shay. Yeah, you know, you know I, I support the the Phoenix Suns as well. Like I really want them to win as well, too. Yeah, but yeah. Being from Boston, like I I I won Boston when we came so close last year against the Warriors. And I think going against the Warriors in particular, like, you know, they're like the pedestal right now of NBA mm-hmm. teams to win it. So to face that and feel how it feels to, you know, almost be there and get it. Now, you know, Milwaukee got eliminated. I don't want to jinx anything, but it's like a smooth road to the finals for us. <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Um, I want to bring it back to the women's game and and just from someone who has had experience in the league for for some time now. Um, what do you how do you see that how have you seen the game grow, the women's game grow? And what do you think still needs to happen? I mean, I think 
just the numbers, the viewership, like we're growing up in viewerships, um, even uh, NCAA, like the women's tournament, like killed it this year. Like in nine this, million like, people, like what? Killed it. And it's like, you know, put women on TV. Everybody's like, nobody's going to watch it. Well, you can't watch it if it's not on TV. But if you turn, if you put it there, you give people a chance to watch it and you can see the turnout. So I think that we're growing in a sense of like, you know, NBA players, other sports athletes are advocating for us. Um, Hopefully we can expand with some teams and bigger rosters because that is a problem. You know, all these talented college athletes are coming out, you know, and there's only 144 spots. And a lot of teams already have 10 players already locked down. It's 12 right. teams, but the spots aren't available. So I think just expanding the, the teams and the roster will really further help expand us. And so with that, it gives more opportunity for, for young athletes coming up. And I know a big mission that you have had um, has been to, to inspire this next generation and to, to lift them up and to bring them up last year when you were playing overseas in Turkey, you know, you, you came back and gifted, um, a pair of shoes to someone. So talk to me about why it's so important for you specifically to lift up this next generation and, and show them what's possible. I think it's important because me in particular, being from Boston, like there's not a lot of, of hype around women's players coming out of Boston. Like, you know, I think we have the talent, but somewhere between high school and college, the players just don't continue to go through that path. And I think they just need some guidance. And I think for me, it's like, I didn't go to top D1 school. Like I wasn't heavily recruited X, Y, and Z, and I still made it. Like I'm from your city. I still made it. And I just want to show them that, you know, there's other things not even just outside of Boston, just for girls in general. Like you can get out there and really try to be who you want to be. And I think if more athletes give back to their hometown and other cities, you know, to really show young girls that, you know, you come to our games, yes, we're playing, but even off the court, we're human, we're nice. We still want to help, you know, develop and have that relationship with kids that I think will impact them, you know, moving forward in their life. So you're being this role model and this influential person to so many young girls. When you look back on your basketball life, who was most influential to you? Uh, it, it's not just one person. It's really a village. Like I grew up watching a lot of women players in, in the city. Like I, I didn't really pay too, too much to like D1 schools, like those superstars or professional athletes. Like I really stayed local. Um, it was Will Blaylock, uh, Tony Lee, I had Mary Lewis, uh, Shalise Smallwood, she went to Northeastern and she was from the city. So like, I just really try to watch them and just see how they they operate and they move. Like they was never within the bad crowd. They always just, you know, we could play ball too. You get respect playing basketball in the city. So I think, yeah. I love it. I love it. Do you come back often? I try to. Um, it's hard when I'm playing overseas because right after the season, I probably get like five day break and then I'm overseas for eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. But I, when, I, when I can, I try to come home and just I'm not able to do much. I'm usually just with my family. Mm -hmm. um, if I can come home, I, I'll try to as much as I can. Any like must visit restaurants or spots in Roxbury? You know, it's hard because every time I come home, it's a new restaurant. It's, it's new, right? It's, it's construction. So I feel like a a tourist, a, a tourist when I when I go home, but <laughs> I like the local spots. It's the spot Flames. It's a, a Caribbean restaurant. I used to go there every time, or I try to find like a seafood spot somewhere near the water. You know, There's just... a new spot you're gonna have to try. Comfort Kitchen. Comfort Kitchen. Okay, you gotta go. You gotta go. Um, before I let you go, I ask everyone this question. When your, things get tough, and I feel like this is like right up your alley because you're you've been in it <laughs> recently. When things get tough and days are hard, practice is hard, rehab is hard, life is hard. 
Do you have a mantra that helps get you through? Dang, I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, okay. I would just say patience is a virtue. Like I actually have that on my board in the house right now. It's just patience is a virtue. Cause I feel like, you know, the season's coming up and I'm getting anxious and, you know, I'm trying to do too much. I'm just trying to stay calm. And I just keep looking at my arm or the board patience is a virtue and just kind of take my time with things. Amazing. And I, I lied one more question, That's one right. word to describe, to describe game one for you guys when you guys are all back out there together? Ah, epic. Amazing. Epic, yeah. Amazing. Well, Shay, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today and best of luck this season. We'll be rooting for you. And if you ever come back to Boston and you want to swing by the studio, invite's always there. Appreciate that. And I'm going to take my time for kitchen too. <laughs> yeah, you better. You better. <laughs> That epic game will be on Friday, May 19th in Los Angeles against the Sparks. Remember, you can listen to more player conversations right here on the podcast platform, or you can watch them on the NBC Sports Boston YouTube page. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.